It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your host, Carson Cunningham. Another podcast, another Thunder game, and another massive setback and another massive disappointment. Thunder lose to the Brooklyn Nets down in Mexico. I'm going to break it down for you. Going to give you the bad, the ugly, and the worst. What was another disappointing loss to another horrible team. And this Thunder team just cannot get out of its own way. I'm going to break down kind of what I think is wrong with the team and uh, just where they go from here because just, again, another horrific performance. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Obviously, kind of a weird setup playing down in Mexico um, against Brooklyn at 9 o'clock tip on Central Time because, you know, Mexico's on Central Time. I have no idea why. A game in a central time zone for the home team who's on the East Coast started at 9 o'clock. You know, the Brooklyn audience couldn't have liked that. Uh, the Thunder audience is late for us, too. So I, I have no idea why they played at 9 o'clock. And uh, the broadcast started off with them already talking about the altitude and how that could affect the game. So there was already like a built-in excuse if the Thunder were to lose. Oh, it was the altitude. Oh, man, just oh, such a hard game. And uh, Thunder just started off well. Good first half. I mean, things were clicking. Uh, they scored, I believe, 58 points in the first half. That's that's tremendous for the Thunder. That's a tremendous point total because they struggled to get to 100, and they did not in this game. And Russell looked sensational. And uh, things started to get really weird because, obviously, Thunder were without Paul George and Jeremy Grant uh, dealing with some minor injuries. So you knew... The rotations were going to be different, and some, perhaps some guys were going to get more playing time than usual. Uh, so step right up, Kyle Singler. He'd only played two minutes the entire season. The whole Thunder world groaned when they saw him enter the game, and he actually played pretty well. He actually did okay, which for him is you know a miracle. He, he had nine points, three of nine shooting, two of four from three. And the highlight of the game for the Thunder was he gets an and one and does a fist pump like Tiger Woods. It looked like it looked like Kyle Singler had won the US Open in a in a playoff. Absolute massive fist pump. You would have thought he had won the NBA title with this shot. And he kind of walks down the, the sideline and Russell Westbrook comes up and slaps him upside the head like Russell does when guys make plays. And it messed up his man bun. He looked like Big Earn on Kingpin. The hair was just everywhere. It looked like Big Earn McCracken. But uh, that was about the highlight of the entire game because once again, this team just forgets how to play basketball in second halves. The third quarter, once again, a total nightmare. Scored 21 points in the third, 16 points in the fourth. How many times have we heard them scoring in the teens in the fourth quarter? 
so many times. And the, the main culprit on this night was, was Carmelo Anthony. Look, he's been not good all season. He has his lowest shooting percentage of his career. This was peak New York mellow. We talked all about in the offseason, oh, it's going to be Olympic mellow. He's going to fit in. He's going to catch and shoot, play defense, rebound, do all the little things. This was the Carmelo show from New York, and it was ugly. 5 of 20 shooting. 20 shots got him 11 points. That is a horrible ratio. Uh, it was it was the peak of everything that's wrong with this team as far as bad shots, inefficient shots, uh, just inefficient, terrible basketball. And Carmelo was the main culprit. And right there with him was Russell Westbrook. Again, I said on the last show that Russell has not played up to MVP levels. He's not even playing up to his own standard, really. 10 of 27 shooting. 2 of 6 from 3. Most of his 10 of 27 was from the mid-range, just bad, efficient, inefficient shots. So him and him and Carmelo go combined 15 of 47. And that's really what lost him the game because they didn't have Paul George, so it was relying on those two. And they just they, they were not getting to their spots. They were not taking good shots. And that's what happens in the second halves time and time and time again. I don't have to tell you guys that. You, you, you watch it, you see it. And so that's the eighth straight road loss. And there's something to that. Uh, Barry Trammell, uh, columnist here in, in Oklahoma City, called them soft based on their road record. They're 2-10 and ten in road games. 2-10. and ten. That's the worst road record in the Western Conference. But they're 9-3 and three at home. So what is that? To me, it means Thunder just think they can, they can just roll out on the road and just expect to roll the ball out there and win. It's uh, there's no other explanation for them to be that bad on the road, and I don't want to hear about track. They're not even playing good teams on the road. They're playing terrible teams, and again, just and it seems to me like the Thunder really they think there's they they think they're so much better than they actually are, right? Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, these guys are superstars worldwide known. And they just think that they can just show up. And that's not the case. They're, but it seems like they, they play to their competition, too. And they lose to the lower competition. Because the Thunder, they're 8-8 eight and eight against teams with a record of 500 or better. So they're 500. They're 3-5 and five against teams below 500. And that tells you all you need to know. I mean, they, they don't treat the Brooklyn's the Orlandos, the Dallas Mavericks, they don't treat them like they did Golden State, right? We keep going back to that Golden State game. What's It's other teams, too. When they play the better teams, they tend to play better. And I don't know when it's going to click with them that they're losing ground every single loss. It hasn't clicked yet because they keep making the horrible, horrible decisions in the second half. Five assists in the second half. They don't pass the ball. Uh, it's just It's as bad as it can possibly be. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And, again, I just, it's its maddening to me that this team can have this much talent and lose to a team like Brooklyn. I don't care if they played it on Mars, let alone Mexico. But, uh, again, just a horrible performance. Uh, they, they play... Again on on uh, Saturday night against Memphis, and that game's on the road too. So we're gonna see if they can go to the grindhouse and get a win. But again, just ugly, ugly, ugly basketball. And again, I feel like it's this is a broken record. But uh, they need to make some changes. I mean, uh, let's go down the roster here. I was shocked that Billy Donovan didn't play Josh Eustis. Floored actually. When you consider that Paul George and Jeremy Grant, two guys who play ahead of him, were out. I mean, he opted to go with Kyle Singler over Josh Eustis, which was crazy to me. I know Singler played pretty well for him. But I thought they could have used uh, Eustis' three-point shooting and defense, certainly, down the stretch. I mean, Thunder, Thunder struggled to score 100 points. They had 95. If you had told me this team would struggle on a nightly basis to get to 100 points, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy. Uh, Steven Adams came back down to earth, uh, 12 points for him, 14 rebounds. It was a solid outing, uh, 6 of 13. Uh, not as efficient, but again, he's not going to make 90% of his shots every night. I thought he was good enough. Uh, Alex Abrinas is becoming rapidly a player that's not fit to play in the NBA. He started, played 26 minutes, can't hit shots. He's 2 of 8, 1 of 3 from 3. And if he can't hit three-pointers, he literally can't be on the floor. Uh, that, that, to me, remains a surprise that he's not able to be a viable NBA basketball player. I thought Patrick Patterson looked good again. I think he's kind of rounding into form. You know, he had a knee injury uh, in the preseason, and he seems to really be rounding into form. Uh, I, I would love to see – this is a, an idea I saw thrown out there. Why not put Patrick Patterson in the starting lineup and put Carmelo on the bench? I mean, Carmelo, his ego should be checked by now. He even said this is the roughest stretch of his career. So even he has to realize that things are not going well. Um, I would love to see you know Patterson play in the starting lineup. Perhaps that would open some things up for, uh, for him playing with the starters. And then obviously Carmelo could run with the second unit more. Uh, but again, Carmelo has just not been good at all. And that trade is looking worse every game. I still would have made it. Uh, but right now, it just it's, it's hard to fathom. And, and again, I don't think they're going to fire Billy Donovan anytime soon. I think they at least give him until Christmas. But if the players aren't going to listen your, to your coach, and you know, he's, you know he's telling them to pass the ball. Like, that's not a hard concept. I mean, it, it goes back to, like, middle school. You pass the ball, guys get open. You move the ball so there's an open shot. And for whatever it is in the second half, they don't do that. And if the, if the players aren't going to listen to your coach, then you have to get a coach that they'll listen to. Is there one out there? I have no idea. 
But Billy Donovan's going to be the fall guy here if this continues. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, I think their biggest issues are Russell Westbrook is not playing like Russell Westbrook. He's been bad. He's not been good. He's not been close to his standard. Uh, Worst shooting percentage since his rookie year. Been highly inefficient. Highly, highly, highly inefficient. And again, I'm not going to bore you with the details. They just they they got to figure it out, and it's 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 a bad look. And um, we'll see where they go from here. Again, on the road Saturday night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, not. <laughs> I, I felt bad for the. Uh, it, it was kind of cool that they played in Mexico. I did feel bad for the Thunder fans. They showed in the crowd. <laughs> Apparently there were some season ticket holders in the attendance, and they were like, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Why did I spend all this money to come here and watch this terrible performance? But it was cool to see them uh, be received by the Mexican fans. You know, They were chanting MVP for Russell, which was cool. Uh, it's kind of cool to see the Thunder that are, are a worldwide brand. But uh, disappointing night in, in Mexico. And uh, we'll see where the Thunder go from here. Again, this is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Thunder on the road at Memphis on Saturday. They need to start winning some games because they're behind the eight ball right now as far as the Western Conference goes. And again, we're only uh, 20-something games into the season, uh, 24 games into the season. But clock's ticking. Got to start winning some games, especially against these bad teams. So we'll, we'll see where the Thunder go from here. Again, this is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll check back in with you after the game against Memphis on Saturday. I am your host, Carson Cunningham. We'll talk to you then. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.